1: Thank you for your presence today. Whether single or married, as Christians devoted to the cause of Christ, we have an innate desire to serve God with our whole hearts. Christian singles are open to complete devotion to God, while married couples are continually challenged to maintain the right balance between their responsibilities to their loved ones and their devotion to Almighty God. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander gives us
2: spiritually sound insights. We were preaching on the family, and uh, we're still doing this soul-searching evaluation, And uh, but this time we're putting the emphasis on the family, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be reading a number of scriptures as we go through the message, and that first scripture is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 7 through 9, and verses 32 through 34. By way of review, I'll not read all the scriptures for the sake of time, so I'll be giving scripture references, and when I get to new insights, then we'll begin to read the scriptures in its entirety. But just let's, let's just give a slight review so that we can re-engage as to where we were the last time. A soul-searching evaluation for families, and we labored we labored extensively to the singles. And let, let me just kind of reiterate uh, some of the questions we posed singles so that they can have the right perspective biblically. Then we'll go to children and hopefully to husbands and wives. The first question we ask singles the last time we preached was this. Number one, if you are single, are you content and at peace with your singleness or are you experiencing anxiety about being alone for the rest of your life and not being married. In the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 through 9 and verses 32 to 34. If you're single, are you content and at peace with your singleness or are you experiencing anxiety about being alone for the rest of your life and not being married? If you have the gift of celibacy, Which is to abstain from marriage and sexual relations for the purpose of being completely devoted to God, and then enjoy your season of singleness to the glory of God. Because with marriage comes responsibility. Say responsibility. And out of respect and love for your spouse and family, some limitation limitations on personal freedoms. You can't live like you're single once you get married. That's why you need to have your mind made up when you're going to get married. You can't get married and then live like you're single. Amen. If you want to live like you're single, then you need to stay single. Because when you get married, you just can't go out and hang out with the boys or hang out with the girls and come in when you want to. You, there's accountability in the marriage. Your spouse has a right to ask you where you've been and you should never say none of your business. That's right. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you, you are the business. And you... If <laughs> we're in this together, your business is my business and my business is your business. It's our business. And so we, if you're married, then you need to live like you're married. And married... Listen, married folk ought to want to come home. That's right. Come home. You're not single. You got children. Come home and help the kids with their homework. Help little children take baths. That's right. Wash the dishes. Have affection in the kitchen with the dishes. <laughs> affection is just not in the re- in the bathroom and in the and in the bedroom and all these other rooms. <laughs> the kitchen is a good place to show affection. What does God require of singles who desire to marry? What does God require of singles who desire to marry? We said, number one, walk with God. Psalms 143, 8b, walk with God. In other words, you want to live for God. Your your life needs to be committed to God. Enoch walked with God. It It is to live for God, to glorify God with your life. That's right, to live for God, a, a godly lifestyle, being excited about God. Uh, number two, worship God. Singles ought to be worshiping God. Psalms 95, 6, and 7. Worshipping God as a single is a critical thing. Worshipping God in spirit and in truth. Uh, you're glad. To worship God, not just in the house of God, but in your car, in the restroom, in the kitchen, uh, in your daily life, as you move around in the activities of life, you worship God, you sing to God, you exalt God, you praise God. Worship is a lifestyle. You you, you don't come to church to worship. You ought to be worshiping as you come to church and worshiping as you leave the church. As a matter of fact, if you can cut your worship on and off, that's not real worship. (laughs) Uh, So worship should be a lifestyle for singles as well as married couples. Uh, Number three, ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Be content until the Lord provides a spouse and refuse to allow anyone to pressure you into marriage. No one should tell you well, when to get married. They're not God in your life. That's God's business. That's between you and God. That's a personal thing. And everybody else should get out of your business. That's right. Uh, and never be led by people. Be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Word. Be, be led by Almighty God. Uh, Luke uh, 11, 9 and Psalms 27, 14 and Philippians 4, 11, Ask and it shall be given and those passages in Psalm and Philippians talking about Psalms tell you to wait on the Lord and uh, Philippians tells you to be content in the Lord as you are waiting. You see, contentment in Christ is to have inner Tranquility. When you have contentment in Christ, you possess inner tranquility. You you possess peace of mind, peace that only Christ can give. It is to be satisfied in Christ. It It is to be fulfilled in Christ. It is to rest in Christ. Rest in your mind, rest in your soul. You're not restless because you're single. The Lord makes all things beautiful in his time, and he knows the time and the age in which you are to be married. Your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God in your singleness. That's a big one. Your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. Oh, she's in a rush. He's in a rush. Uh, They can't wait. They're antsy. I better hurry up. You can't rush God. Therefore, relax, singles. Wait on the Lord and trust him for your future. It's better to be joyfully single than miserably married. Uh, number, Number four, when you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, 5, and 6. When Satan can get you to doubt the word of God as he did Eve in the Garden of Eden, then he has you right where he wants you. Because when you begin to downplay and minimize the word of God, compromise the word of God, then you are ripe for believing the lies of the devil as in the case of Eve in the passages I just gave you. Number five, ask the Lord to reveal what is in the heart of a person and refuse to place priority on appearance and possession. Uh, You singles, ask the Lord. Now you can't read the heart, but the Lord knows the heart and the Lord will let that person say some things that's that they said they didn't mean it, but yes, yeah, they meant it, but, and God allowed them to say it so you could hear what's on the heart. Don't you ever base your decision on appearance. Appearance can be deceiving. Possessions, they, well, they got a nice car, a nice house, they got a nice job, and I think I want to marry him for what they have. You, this, you can have all that stuff and be miserable, See all those folks with all that money, movie stars and and athletes, lots of money, big mansions, and four or five husbands, four or five wives. You know, better better a little bit with contentment. That's right than a whole lot and miserable. So don't don't base getting a spouse on appearance and beauty and handsomeness and all that kind of stuff. First uh, Samuel sixteen seven says God doesn't look at the, our appearance; He looks at the heart. As Pastor Rander
1: continues, we gain spiritual wisdom as to God's requirements for Christian men and women who choose singleness, singles who desire to marry, and criteria for future spouses, parents, and children. Trusting God, obeying Him in all things, no matter what, meditating on His Word, fasting, and praying without ceasing gives us discernment in every aspect of our lives, saving us from the penalty of sin now and for generations to
2: come. Number six, refuse to have your criteria for a prospective spouse so rigid that you've already passed up whom God has sent. Right. Your God said, I sent them to you. You passed them up because your criteria was not my criteria. In other words, you had pride. You, 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 you think you all of that. <laughs> you are not all of that. Humble yourself. That's right. He said, oh, God, you meant for me to have that one? He said, uh-huh. <laughs> but, he said, but nothing. But nothing. But nothing. My, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I, I got far. My, my, what I have in mind for you, you can't even comprehend. Comprehend. Proverbs eleven two. speaking of pride coming before destruction. Guard against deception. And place priority on the person of interest being a Christian and possessing character rather than charm, charisma, and compatibility. The three C's charm, charisma, compatibility. Listen, charm cannot keep your marriage. She's got lots of charisma, can't keep your marriage. You may have some things that's compatible, but compatibility alone cannot keep your marriage. You see? And so you you need to have a person of character. That's right. A person who's spiritual. Uh, A person who has substance to their lives. A person who's spiritually mature, not just about talk. Allow me to give God's criteria for your future spouse. Here's God's criteria for your future spouse. Number one, is the person a Christian? 2 Corinthians 6.14. If they're not a Christian, uh, then you need to move on. What fellowship does this light have with darkness? Well, but, but, but uh, they're nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got some nice lost folk. And you got some mean saved folk. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? Is the person a Christian? Well, uh, i pray for his salvation after I get married. Who told you you can save that person? Matter of fact, you can't, you can't save that. You can't save anybody. Matter of fact, you can't save yourself. The Lord has to regenerate you. The Lord has to save you. And without the Lord changing the heart and giving life, there is no life. Uh, so is the person that you are interested in a Christian. Number two, does the person possess integrity? Job one one, uh, Proverbs ten nine and Proverbs eleven twenty. In other words, they can't be scheming, uh, they can't be playing games and all that kind of stuff. They uh, the yes is yes and the no is no. They don't say one thing and do another. Does the person possess integrity? Number three, is the person employed and possess a good work ethic? If he's not working before you marry, chances are high they may not be working after you're married. That's right. Where you work. That's a good question. Nowhere, nowhere. When the last time you've worked? Ask questions. Ask the right questions. Uh, Proverbs twelve twenty four, Proverbs 13, 4, 2 Thessalonians three ten. The person needs to know how to, to go to work You don't want to marry somebody that's lazy and slothful and all of these things It's always an issue getting out of bed Always late And you're living next door to the pole house uh, num- num- Number four Can the person you desire to marry cut the apron string and be fully committed to you? Genesis 2.24, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You are not marrying the person's mother or father. You, be, you will be marrying your, your fiancé and should be committed to him or her. No other relationship should take precedence over your marriage. Or oh, amen right out the window. <laughs> no other relationship should take precedence should take precedence over your marriage, the mother, and father. When you leave mother, and father, means you doesn't mean you have nothing to do with them. It means that your spouse should have first place in your life. You know, you include your your family and your extended family, and and they have a place, but they shouldn't be smothering the life out your family. You should have some sense of of building a treasure chest of memories with with your family, and uh, and uh, and and don't. Use your parents as an escape. Every time you have an issue, you call mama or you call daddy or you run home to mom and dad. And, and mom and dad, what you need to do: send them back to the house and teach them how to work out their differences. You can't be their god, and you're not their savior. Now, be there to help, but listen. But don't, 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 don't be god in their lives. You are not marrying the person's mother or father you will be marrying your fiancé and should be committed to him or her. No no other relationship should take precedence over your marriage. Number five, does your potential spouse have minimum debt or a mountain of debt? Uh, Proverbs 22, 7. Talk about money uh, to the person you're intending to marry. That's right. I mean, don't, don't just be in love. Uh, you, listen, that, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm so much, we in love, but I, we got to check out some things here. Listen, tell me what you got. Now, if you tell me what you got, show me what you got. That's right. Let, let, let's see here. Let's put it all on the table. Give me a list of your bills. Here's a list of my bills because we're we going to be merging this stuff. And let, Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're not willing to merge your assets to the one you're marrying, then you, you're not ready to marry you got all this stuff and assets, and you, you want to have these contractual type of things just in case it doesn't work. You're not ready for marriage. You're not married. for, uh-uh. What's, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. You make more money than me. I'm still happy even as the husband because it's all coming in the same pot and don't make the other person any better than the one who's making less. Won't y'all say Amen. amen. Don't exalt yourself in pride because you're making uh, more money. You're one flesh, same pot. Ought not be hitting accounts and stashes in strange places? Come on now, transparency, open checkbook. I wouldn't marry anybody I couldn't trust. I'm married as I can be. I, I look at the bills, lay them all out there, and I put them all out there for my wife to see. When she finished, she put give them back to me. And we file them away together. She knows everything. I don't have nothing to hide. Her name is on everything. If I die, she shouldn't have problems trying to get to our assets because everything's in my name. Her name is not on the account. Why you got your, if she's your wife or husband, why the name is not on the account? Name ought to be on every account. Her name ought to be on you. <laughs> Account. Every account. Uh, With one flesh means one flesh. Cars, our cars, our closet, everything ours, our dishes, our paper plates. (laughs) 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 So many marriages end up in divorce because of irresponsible financial management. You don't want to be married to somebody who has mounds and mounds of debt and it's going to take you out 30 years to pay this off and they they still compound in debt, still have a spending problem, don't believe in a spending plan, and you're totally frustrated, you're going to end up divorcing because you just can't get it straight. Get that financial thing straight before you go into marriage and save yourself a whole lot of trouble. Amen. Okay, what not I say, man? Number six, does your potential spouse have to live on your paycheck because of baby mama drama and child support payments to other women? First Corinthians six eighteen: M- Men, you ought to be marrying a holy woman and women, you ought to be marrying a holy man. And hey, if they, if they got a child or two, they ought to tell you that up front. You need to see them, talk to them, relate to them because you're all going to be coming together and that blended family is about to become a family unit. Huh? There's nothing wrong with marrying someone with another child or two or whatever. But make sure you know that up front and you can accept them at, at, uh, unconditionally and not have problems Later on, when you went in with your eyes wide open, look how quiet it's getting now. Now, now, now if you if you single with children and that person you're thinking about don't want to be around your children, don't like your children, don't marry them. Don't marry them. Don't marry them. Hey, these are my babies. D- don't, don't marry anybody that can't accept your children. That's right. And by the way, before you marry anybody, say now, what do I not know? What? Tell me what I need to know that you're not saying. Don't you bring children up here that I don't know about after we say I do. Oh, by the way, I got one in Mexico and one in Texas. <laughs> you got five of them. You live in an eternal, you're in an eternal poor house. Oh, God help me. Number seven. Is your potential spouse willing to come to church and Sunday school? Psalms 122.1 and Hebrews 10.25. If the person you are considering being married to struggles or refuses to worship with you in the house of God, that is a sure sign that this issue will carry over into your marriage. If they're not going to church with you. Yeah, that's right. They don't want to go to Sunday school. They don't want to come to Bible study and get miffed when you (laughs) want to go, then that's a sign. You better not tie your life into that person. That's right. You want a man or woman that want to worship God with you in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. If the person you're considering being married to struggles or refuses to worship with you in the Lord's house, that is a sure sign that this issue will carry over into your marriage. If you think about marrying somebody, bring them to the house of God so the believers can see them and talk and interact with, with them. They may see something in them you don't see because love has blinded you. It's blinded you. And love can be so blinding. Number eight, does your potential spouse spouse's lifestyle conform to the word of God? The person you're tending on marrying or thinking about married, marrying, does their lifestyle conform to the word of God? Or are they saying one thing, but they're living a lie? Luke six forty six. why call me Lord and do not the things I say? John fourteen fifteen. you know, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You want a man or woman in your life who love the commandments and whose lives are being brought into conformity to the scripture. Okay, so that's the singles. Let's go to, to, to parents now, parents and children. Parents, are you passionate when it comes to praying for your children? Praying with your children? And consistently, systematically teaching them from the Bible daily? Parents, are you passionate when it comes to praying for your children? Praying with your children? And consistently, systematically teaching them from the Bible? Daily? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 through 9 is a powerful text. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Or oh, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, the word of God should be in their face all over the house. You talk about God in the morning, God at, at lunch. Talk about the Lord when you're riding in the car and the locks are on and they can't get out. That's right. Everything is about God, seizing your God, God moments to the glory of God. Let me tell you something, parents. Listen to me well. The greatest thing you can do for your children is lead them to Christ. It's not, it's not putting a basketball in their hand, a football in their hand, and, and then tennis and, and cheerleading and all that stuff. So all that stuff is good, and I know it's needful, but sometimes you send them through all that stuff, And then they're just most unspiritual and can't cope with life. A football can't teach your children how to deal with life.
1: In conclusion of this message, Pastor Randa reminds us that we must avail ourselves to God's word and live by it. We must look to him, the author and finisher of our faith. Satan will attempt to destroy us whether we are single or married. Therefore, we must continuously commune with God focusing on what he has done, what he is doing, and what he is going to do. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.